we're finishing our series called You Are Here. Okay, so you are here, and we're going to talk together about where are you? Where is your place on that map if we look at, if we look at the church? And you, know, you know, I don't know if you've ever been on a team, a sports team, a team at work, or, or a music team, or whatever it might have been, that it's great to be part of a team, but it's great to really know your place. It's great to really know what your role is, and you're making a contribution on the team. I remember when I was a brand new Christian that... Um, I got involved in this church, and, and I wanted to play on the men's softball team, so I showed up for the practice, and, and um, these guys had been playing together for a long time, and they knew all they knew each other. They didn't know me, and um, I never really got a chance to play. It was like trying to break into, you know, the secret society or something like that, you know. I never got a chance to play. It was really, really frustrating to not have a place, really a place on that team, to dress, dress up and put on the jersey and show up and just sit on the bench, you know. It's a bummer. And so now, um, I, I run a softball team. It's a co-ed team. And we've been together for a lot of years. And so that one of the rules of our team is, if you show up, you play. And so you're gonna, everybody's going to play. They're going to play a significant role in the game. And, and our thing is, like, like, if you make an error, you, you still play. If you hit into a double play, you still play. If you show up, you play. And we've had a lot of success on our team. We won a couple championships. And, but more than that, we have great relationships, and we really love being together. And I think that, that unity we have and everybody uh, participating, and they know that they're going to be valued, that that contributes, I think, to our success on the field. Well, here's the good news for you today that really I want you to understand that the church is, is really like a team. It's like God's team. And every one of you has an important role to play on this team. It's not just, hey, we're going to throw you out there for one at bat at the end of the game when the, the, when the victory is already sewed up. But there's an important place for you on the field, an important role for you to, ful- to fulfill. We need you on the team here at Alpine Church West Haven Campus. And so what we're going to do today is I want to understand you to understand by the end of the day why your role is so important and what happens and what really why to become involved and why to connect with a place on the team and a role on our team at Alpine Church as you see you will see the important impact that and the, the vital consequences that you can have in in God's work in the in this world by being part of that team now before we jump in I want to just mention some reasons why people don't serve. I want so you to know that I, I'm, I'm, that I can empathize with you on this because if you look around American culture today and American church culture, there's lots and lots of Christians in churches all over the country who just come on Sunday, who come in and spend an hour and then leave and really don't participate in the mission or, or in the activities of the church, really aren't, aren't helping to serve. And I understand, I understand why some of that uh, is to, is, takes place because number one, for example, mate, you're thinking, man, I don't have any time. Like all of us, right? None of us is just sitting around with nothing to do, right? And sometimes serving feels like, man, just one more overwhelming thing on my to-do list. I'm trying to do less, and you're asking me to do more. I get that. Another reason that people hesitate to serve is because I don't feel like maybe I have anything to offer. 
I don't have any special gift, you know, I don't, I don't play the guitar, or I'm not good with kids, or um, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of poor around a computer, so I'm not really sure if I really have anything to offer to the church. I get that. Another reason I've heard sometimes people feel like, I don't feel like I have a, any kind of special calling to serve in some way. And last week, if you were here, we talked about how God gives us spiritual gifts, and the spiritual gifts help us to understand what our calling might be when we look at how God has put us together with our, ad- with our aptitudes and our gifts and all the rest. But, but some of you still feel like, man, I'm, not, I'm just not sure what God might be calling me to do. And so I don't, I don't know where to jump in. And then a fourth one is like, sometimes we'll say, man, I'll serve in the future. Okay, so like you understand it's important and you get that and you want to, but you say, man, a lot of things going on in my life right now. I'll get to the future. I'll do that. But if you're like me with a lot of things that I want to do, I'll get the future comes and I never do the thing, right? I say, I'll, I'll take that, do that project or I'll do that task in the future. And sometimes that's the way it is with serving. And then another reason I think people don't serve is because you did serve at one point and then somebody made you mad and then then you stopped serving, right? So it's like you got offended by somebody. And so I get that too because whenever you serve, you're in a human environment, right? You're with people on a team and so people are messy and relationships can be tough and, and people can say and do some dumb things. So I totally understand that. And as I look at some of these common reasons why people don't serve, I, you know, they're, some of them are more compelling than others, right? But what I want to encourage you today is that there's probably really no reason, maybe, that should keep you from serving on, the, on our team, because I want you to understand today the reasons why God set that up, but also how that's going to affect your spiritual life and affect your faith and relationship with Jesus when you don't serve. Right, have you ever thought about how, when I'm just a spectator, how that affects my relationship with my faith? So, for example, what happens when, you, when you're not serving? You just come on Sunday and, and, and leave right afterwards. When you're not serving, what happens? It starts to become really focused on me. Right? I, I, I'm not really focusing on other people because I don't have time or I don't know where. Or, but I start to focus on me a lot, and it becomes about what the church can do for me. And not the church institutionally. When you break it down, it's like all these other people around here, they're, they're really, they're, their job is to serve me and make sure that, that I have a good experience. Right? So I want to make sure that, oh, the, I like the worship, or I like the preaching, or the coffee was good, or, or people are friendly to me. And so it becomes about me, me me. And when you're serving, the focus gets on other people, and we don't become that kind of self-centered individual that I don't think any of us really wants to be. But nevertheless, that's what happens when we come to church just to get stuff and not to serve. And then what happens in the long run is you start to, to think that that there's really not really any real important reason to be at church. Church becomes less and less necessary in your life if you're not involved in the mission and if you're not involved in the relationships and you're not working side by side with people on important things, then, you know, to be honest, you can find a better sermon online. You can find better worship on Spotify. And so if it's not about the mission and the relationship, it's just about this experience, then it becomes less and less compelling to be involved in, in the life of the church together 
And that begins to affect your whole spiritual life, your whole relationship with God. So Hebrews chapter 10 warns about this. This is nothing new, by the way. So this goes all the way back 2,000 years. Hebrews chapter 10 warns us that when we start forsaking the gathering together with God's people, then our faith can begin to drift. And so that's what I want you to keep in mind as we look at this passage today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we looked at the first part of it last week when we talked about spiritual gifts. And now the second part of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 builds on that to help us understand how those gifts work together in the church. And so as we look at 1 Corinthians 12, I want to show you three things that come out of this. And number one is that you are indispensable to the family. You're indispensable to the family. <clears throat> now, I don't know what kind of family you grew up in. I grew up in a family of 10 kids, large family, and, um, you know, there was a lot, it was a crowded family, let's put it that way. Even in our five-bedroom home, it was pretty crowded. And um, it was easy to get lost in the shuffle a little bit, you know? So I'm not sure in our family if anybody actually felt indispensable, because like you, you could look around and say, well, nine is as good as ten, right? It's still, you know, what difference does that make, you know? I'm, I'm kind of glad they didn't stop at five, personally, because I'm number six, but, but none of us really felt indispensable. It was easy to get lost and to feel a little bit, you know, um, like, like you, you could slide under the radar a little bit, except maybe the oldest two, my sisters are the oldest two, and I think at some time they were indispensable because I think they changed a lot of diapers in their um, mid middle years. But whatever family you grew up in, the, in the family of Christ, your role really is indispensable. You really do have an important role to play. So let's look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. He says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part, if the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. And so the Apostle Paul, as he writes this, the Bible uses this, this amazing, really interesting word picture of this organic body to describe the way the church of Jesus works. Okay, so you look at your own body and you see, man, I've got all these different parts. I've got five fingers here and a hand and an arm, an upper arm and a shoulder and, and all the rest. And he says that, that's the way, that same kind of diversity exists within the body of Christ. Although there's only one body, there's this unity because there's one body, there's this diversity because there's a lot of different parts. And he says every single part is part of the body. He says if you're an ear, you have a function, you have an important function to play. Your, your job is to hear, right? If, you have an eye, if you're an eye, then eye has an important function to play. He says it's a good thing that we're not all one kind of thing because what would the body be like if it was kind of grotesque, right? If the body was just one big nose, I mean, or, or one big eye. Can you imagine that? That's kind of sick. He says it's a good thing that we're, all of us, every one of us with our different function, our different role, is part of this one body. So he 
So, it's, so he's t- talking about the roles that we have to play and the work that we do. We all have a different job. The ear has a job, the eye has a job, and so forth. And so <clears throat> let's think for a minute about what that might mean, some of the implications of that. Well, one thing that it means is that really the life of the church is not about passivity, it's about participation. It's not a spectator sport. So being a Christian in the church is not like going to a concert or going to the theater. So sometimes Sally and I go to, a, go to a, uh, see the symphony. We have tickets up at Weber State. And, um, and so we'll go and to, a, to a symphony concert, and the symphony is you're, you're not supposed to participate Right? You're supposed to just be very quiet and very respectful, and you can clap at the end of 40 minutes, you know, but uh, all along the way, you don't, you don't do anything. Um, it's very passive on the spectator part. Now, now, so we sit in a comfortable chair, and we watch these talented professional musicians play instruments that we could never even dream of playing, and we don't even know the names of some of them, you know, so it's very passive. He says the church is not like that. The church is designed to be participatory, for each one of us to do our job, to take our role. And just like none of parts of our body is designed to just sit there and not do, it, do what it's supposed to do. And so there was a time actually um, in church history for several centuries, um, years, and years ago, for several centuries, the ministry, the work of the church was just all entirely done by priests and monks and nuns. The ordinary people didn't have a role to play. They would just come and show up and watch these other people do their thing. And what happened was a lot of people then in that era did not have a living, vibrant, strong relationship with Jesus because they were just passive. And so in the body of Christ, every one of us has a role to play. It's an important role. So it's about participation, not passivity. And then the second thing we learned from, from 1 Corinthians here is that really... The church is, is one organism, one entity that's, that's really alive and that has all these parts. And so when we think of the church, this is um, the most common metaphor used in the Bible to talk about the church is the body. Sometimes the church, uh, Bible talks about the church as a family, sometimes as a flock, but this is the, ma- the most major one it uses. And so we don't think about the church as a building, the Bible never talks that way, or that we don't think of the church as necessarily a denomination or an institution or a corporation, but it's this organic, unified body with many different parts. And so, and this body, is, it, 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 to be honest, it goes beyond just you know, Alpine Church at West Haven Campus. It goes beyond just Alpine Church and the nine different campuses and congregations that we have. It goes wherever people are followers of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, I mean, you've trusted in him and him alone for, your, for this life and for your eternity, then you are part of this living organism, uh, the church. So that's important to understand that we're like Jesus' hands and feet in the world. And then the third thing that we learn as we reflect on this is that God really has a a high calling, and you could even say a high expectation for us as his people. Now, we talk a lot at Alpine about everything that Jesus has done for us, and rightly so, because that's the starting point. God's grace 
poured out to us in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, that God has done for that, that for us unconditionally, that's the whole starting point of everything else. But out of our experience of his grace, then we then are transformed and we become people who, are, who extend grace and we show that same kind of love of God to other people around us. And part of that is by serving them in the life of the body together. And so... God has this high calling for us, this high vision and purpose for each one of our lives. He wants us to be people who will act like members of his body and who will will live accordingly. And so we see that there's one body, we're all parts of it, all Christians, we're all parts of it. Now let's let's go to the next passage and see kind of how that plays out next. He goes to make sure that we really understand this point that every part of the body is vital. And as you look at this body, you look at the different parts that are uh, expressed there, he's going to try to explain to us that there's really not a hierarchy of parts. It's not like some parts are really, really important and some parts are really unimportant. Like he's saying all the parts have a function, and if you think that your function is way more important than other people's, he says that's not you know, how it works. And he said, if you think your function is way less important than other people, that that's not how it works either in the body of Christ. Because sometimes we look around and we see somebody maybe who's more prominent or more visible or who has talents that we could never uh, uh, accomplish ourselves. And we think, wow, that, that's a, a body part that's just, whoa, that's really important. But look how he, he describes it here in 1 Corinthians 12, in the next few verses, he says, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care, and so we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. And so God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. And this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. So he says, we just saw that there's this one body and it's a good thing that all the parts aren't the same, right? We saw that. Now, Now he says, here's the other side of that coin is that it's really good that all the parts are present, that there's a distinction, that there's this diversity, incredible diversity within the unity of the church of Jesus. And so he says, look, if you're, in verse 21, he says, if, if, if you're an I, you, you don't say to the hand, I'm fine without you, I don't need you. If you're the head, you don't say to the feet or, or any other body part, say, hey, I've got this, I don't really need you, you can just go do whatever you want to do. Right, because... The eye can do certain things that hands can't do, but the eye can see a problem, but, but it needs hands to, to take action and to, to fix the problem, right? So every body part is really important. Every body part has a vital function to play. Now, I learned this, uh, uh, in, actually, it was in the spring of 2016 when I broke both of my arms in a bicycle accident, both my arms at the same time. And so on this, on this one, I had like a soft cast on my wrist. I broke it right about here. And um, so this one, this hand could do certain things, but it was other things it couldn't do. All right, and on this one, I broke it right up here and have, I got a, a lot of metal in there right now and had it in a sling. 
because it didn't help to put a cast on it. So there were certain things that, that this arm could not do. You know, so, and then there was a lot of things that uh, some, sometimes I could do something with this one or sometimes I could do something with this one. There's a lot of things that I couldn't do at all with either hand, right? And so I learned how vital it is to have every part of your body functioning, right? Well, <clears throat> now I know it's possible for a person to, to have a meaningful life and have a function, even if they've lost maybe a part of their body. But for us to thrive, to be everything that we're created to be and have all of our potential, it happens when all of our body parts are, are working together. And that's the same thing that's true in the, in the body of Christ. And so... Just think about it. Our mission as a church is to help people pursue God. Maybe you've heard that before. Well, we can't really do that effectively and be successful if all of our teams aren't functioning, if all of our people aren't connected. And, and so what good is it to have, say, to have um, a great worship team if we don't have anybody helping our kids in kids' church or greeters or ushers? Or, and what good is it to have preaching and not have a building that works, a building that's all dilapidated or has holes in the roof or whatever that might be. So to really, to really fulfill God's purpose for us as a church, we need every team to be functioning, every ministry to be functioning. That means all of us have our place. Now, he talks about how there's certain parts of the body that are really good, they go unseen, and then so they're they're maybe thought of as less honorable, or there's certain parts of the body that are weaker, that, you know, if you looked at them, they, they wouldn't be impressive. Like, have you ever seen a, a liver, for example? Like, ugh. I mean, there's certain, pull out a lung, you know, and, and look, that, that's not attractive, and it's, that's maybe why it's invisible, I don't know, but um, he says there's certain body parts that seem weaker, that seem less important, that they're, they're not... They're not prominent for everyone to see. But he says sometimes those are the most important parts that we have. And sometimes those are the ones that really, really get it done, so to speak, right? And so every part is necessary, whether it's really visible or whether it's not, whether it's prominent, whether it's not. And so let's think for a minute about it. Let me give you a couple of concrete examples of how this works in the life of the church. Let's talk about our clean team for just a second, because our clean team is probably the most invisible team that we have. It, it's only visible when it's not working, right? Um, so what is the impact that the clean team has in our mission to help people pursue God? Why is that it's so important? Well, I mean, none of us was, wants to walk in and see dirty floors and trash cans overflowing and stuff like that, so we're thankful about that. But think about it in an, at another level. We have all these things going on in our building during the week, we have here, here we are in worship, and we have kids' church going on right now. And um, during the week, we have our fusion youth group is meeting. We have small groups that meet in our building. We have um, special events. A lot, a lot of times during the year, we have outreach events that we invite the community to come to, that we have tons and tons of guests coming to us for Easter egg hunt or for a harvest party or, or Christmas Eve or whatever it might be. All these things touch a ton of people's lives and none of them would really be possible without that unseen ministry of the clean team, right? So what an impact they're having in touching people's lives even though they maybe never see a person while they're doing their ministry. Or to take it one step further, I, uh, what about our guests? I saw a survey that showed that 
One of the top five reasons why people don't return to a church when they come to visit, one of the top five reasons is that the bathrooms aren't clean. And so our guests come and they encounter a clean bathroom. And so they don't even think about it. The negative doesn't even flash in their mind, you know. And so that helps our guests who maybe they don't know Jesus. That helps them to feel like they can come back again. And as they come back again, they're going to hear again the message of the good news of Jesus and, and what he's done for us. And they have an opportunity, ultimately, to, to trust in Christ. So that's a powerful ministry of our clean team that maybe nobody ever thought about. Now, any clean team people in the house this morning? Come on now. See, this the people, they don't like you to know about them, right? Yeah, amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's why they're on the clean team and not on the worship team, because they don't care if anybody knows, right? Let me give you another example. What about, um, what about our greeters? Okay, so <clears throat> greeters are really important. Some people are really good at that. And um, isn't it great to know when you come that, that, that somebody is there to welcome you and the handshake and a smile, they can answer your questions. What a great first impression. As again, if somebody's coming to church for the first time, maybe they haven't been in years or maybe they've never been to you know, a traditional Christian type of church and they walk up and there's someone who welcomes them. They're, they're nervous. They're wondering what they're going to encounter and they walk in the door and they, they go, like, I don't know if people are going to even notice me. I don't know if people want me here. I don't know what this is going to be like. And they walk up and there's somebody warm and friendly and caring who can answer their questions and they, to let them know that they belong here. And so that person then maybe starts to feel connected to the church, and the next step is then they maybe have an opportunity to hear about Jesus, and at some point maybe put their trust in Him. So, what a powerful impact! Are any greeters in the house today? Right? Yeah, go. Thank you so much. We so appreciate appreciate you guys. Some of us some of us would be get bad greeters, and so I'm glad you guys are there. Okay, so you see that if we want to help people pursue God, that every ministry has an important role to play to help us be successful as a church. Now, there's just one more thing I want to I share with you as we go on to this passage. The church is really only healthy when everyone does their part. Now, have you ever lived with roommates? Okay, I remember when I was in college, I remember after my, my wife passed away and before I remarried, I, I had roommates. You know, you know, right? You know what I'm talking about. You got to sit down with your roommates and you got to figure out who's going to take care of what and how to divide up the domestic responsibilities and, and stuff like that, right? So if you're, did you ever have that roommate who like never took their clean clothes out of the dryer and you're trying to get this load of wet clothes and like you open the dryer door and ugh, there's clothes in there. Or how about the one who, maybe it's the same one, I don't know, the same one the one who just never cleans up in the kitchen after they cook or the one who kind of sloughs it when it's their week to do bathroom duty and they're like suddenly gone all week long or the one who's grazing off of your food, right, because they didn't get to the store and so you, you find your bag of Doritos is empty, you know. When roommates, are, when, when, when you have one that's not pulling their weight, you know, that's not a very healthy living situation, but when everybody gets it and they're all doing their part and, and you all have your roles and you're all living up to that, man, that, that's a healthy, that could be a very positive living situation. And so it's, it's kind of like that 
in the body of Christ, in the, in the family of Jesus, that the church is more healthy when we're all doing our part. And so we got this verse here, and the last verse in our passage is, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. It's all of you. If you follow Jesus, all of you are part of the body. There's no exemptions here. There's no exceptions here. You know, it's not just the super spiritual few. It's not just the ones who are willing to help out. He says, every one of us who belongs to Jesus is part of this thing. And so that's why you can see that, look, think about your own physical body. If you have parts of your body that aren't functioning, you're, you're not as healthy as you could. Right? My family has a, a history of, um, of type 2 diabetes. I gotta be careful about that because, because we have all my siblings have a pancreas that stopped functioning. They're not healthy as a result, right? And so every every one of us has a role to play, and every one of us is needed. So, I mean, if you're in a family of five and only two people are doing any chores, that's not a healthy family, is it? So I have um, a couple of rental properties that I've been blessed to have and um and what I've noticed in the years that I've had these, that there's a completely different mentality between the owner and the renter. Now, maybe some of you guys rent, and you're doing your best, right? But the renter, when something goes wrong, it's ultimately somebody else's problem, probably in most cases, right? Now, I've had some good renters. I had a great renter for three years in my house right over here in Roy. And uh, they did a lot of work. They took a lot of ownership. But when they decided they were going to move out for those last three months of the lease, they just quit trying. Not their responsibility anymore, you know. Whereas the owner says, look, if there's a problem, it's up to me. I'm going to step in. I'm going to make it work. That's a different mentality. The the, the renter doesn't have a long-term commitment. The owner does. And so let me just ask you this morning, are you an owner or a renter? at Alpine Church. Let me introduce you to a couple people who, at Alpine who really are owners right now. Short video here. All right. All right, so we'll come back to that. Let me, let me just wrap it up here. Let me take it home here. First of all, let me say, if you're a guest here today, um, we're not going to put you on the spot here and really say, if, when you, once you start to become part of the family, then, then we just really encourage you to find your place. But some of you, you're still figuring out Christianity, and you, you, know, you are trying to figure out you know, where you stand with the, the whole claims of Jesus, but you have been coming to Alpine Church, and you feel at home here, and we want you to know that we're glad you're here. And we want you to, hopefully you do feel welcome and do feel part of the group here, and I just want to let you know that you're welcome to serve among us. Now, the most important thing to do is that you understand the grace of God revealed in Jesus Christ. But as you still are sorting that out, we want you to know that um, you know, you're welcome to be part of our team. You're welcome to serve. In fact, we'd be very privileged if you would use your gifts among us and alongside of us. If you're already a Christian and you know that, you figured that part out, then it's pretty obvious that God has called you to serve. And to, to be involved. Now, there's different avenues to do that. There's a lot of things that go on right here on Sunday morning that make it possible for us to gather and meet. But there's also things that go on during the week, and that, that might be something that would work better, a pathway that would work better for you is, is different kind of things that happen outside of Sunday morning. And then another pathway is all the things that we do 
to reach out and to bless our community around us, the mobile food pantry and the English as a second language and, and all the rest. So there's different pathways that, that you could pursue. Now, let me, let me just say this, that <clears throat> um, nobody's going to tell you where to serve. All right, nobody's going to come to you and say, God told me that, that you need to do you know, X, Y, Z. Now, that's tempting, right, when there's a deficit in the nursery, right? But nobody's going to come do that because we feel like we're, we can advise you. We can let you know what the opportunities are. We can give you some feedback. Somebody at some point might notice some gifting in you and say, hey, I'd like to invite you to be part of my team. But ultimately, your sense of calling is between you and God. And you need to sort that out with God. We're going to help you do that as much as we can. But ultimately, that's your decision to make. When to serve, where to serve, and all the rest. And, and to figure out how to, how to do that and how to learn that and how to discover what your gifts might be. That's ultimately between, between you and God. And we see God is calling us to figure that out in our lives as Christ's followers. Now, there's some practical steps that you can take to start to discover that. And the most important way to discover that is just by jumping in. And serving some way. I remember when I was in graduate school, I jumped in and I started serving in junior high ministry. And it didn't take me long to understand that that's not where I'm gifted. <laughs> so that was helpful. That was really God, God guiding along the way. But there's a couple things. Number one is on the, um, on the welcome card that you got when you come in, there's a place in there that you can, you can just say, hey, I'm interested in, in serving. And that'll generate a conversation where we can begin to sort that out with you. There's a table out in the lobby today um, where there's some more information about some of the different teams and some of the needs going on in the church right now. And that would be a thing to do. We're going to try to make a little bit of time for you today to go out and explore that together. And then last week we took a survey and some of you didn't, maybe you weren't here, you didn't have a chance to do that. I'm going to introduce that survey to you. You can just take it right here on the spot. It's on your phone, and you can take it right here on the spot. Um, I'll show you how to do that in just a minute. But let me just say that, you know, I, I began by telling you some reasons why people uh, hesitate to serve. There's another reason, too. And that is sometimes you walk in here and everything looks like it's going well. And you, you walk in the doors, you see, oh my gosh, there's all these people up here and there are all these people over there. And there all these functions seem to be happening. And you might think, man, they just don't really need me here. I don't know, they, they seem to have it together. I don't know where I would break in, you know. But I want to encourage you that, that behind the scenes you realize that there's a lot of people who are doing more than one role. And there's certain people who God's leading them to move into a different role. And, they, and so they need someone to come in and fill in behind them. And there's maybe some people who um, need a break sometimes. And so really there's plenty of opportunities on the team. There's plenty of places to serve. So I want to encourage you that God has a place for you um, on his team to serve at Alpine Church. Let's pray together. I'm going to explain that survey to you and then we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you so much for gifts that you put in each one of these people, these amazing, awesome people that are here with us today. Thank you so much. They've got such, the life stories, the things you've done in their lives, the abilities that you've given to them, the, the heart and the sensitivity, the spiritual gifting. Father, there's so, such a wealth and a resource of amazing people out here. And I can just look out and see what a, what a fantastic body that you've created out of all these diverse parts. Thank you, God. The creativity that you have is so astounding. 
And thank you, Father God, for all you've done for us in Christ. That he went to the cross to take our sin upon himself and he rose from the dead to give us new life, a new supernatural kind of life. And Father, out of that flows our desire to serve you and our desire to live for you and our gratitude. We, God, we have this gratitude. And so help each one of us today to figure out where it is that you have in mind for us to serve or at least what that first initial step might be. Speak to us, God. What, what's that next step that you want us to take so that this body can be healthy and strong and we can fulfill the, the mission that you've given to us making an impact in our world. Father, you can give us these deep connections with each other as we serve together on a team and that you can do amazing things through us and in us when we make ourselves available to you. And so help us each one to know the next step that you have in mind for us. We ask it in Jesus' name, for his honor and glory, amen.